This week, I offer you another of the Diamond Gym Disc programs, which are podcasts that have been edited from my broadcast radio days. Like the songs from the days of when I was a high school disc jockey, a Diamond Gym Disc is a podcast that I especially like and believe that others will find enjoyment and value in listening. So, let us step into the time machine and return to 1990. Friendship Radio and to the grand march through life. My name is James Huey, facilitator of the Friendship Personal Retreat Program here in Galveston and on ships cruising seas throughout the world. We're offering the gift of listening hospitality, and I invite you to join me here on KGBC Friendship Radio for Southeast Texas as we explore topics to enrich the quality of your life. Power for Positive Living and Friendship. We're live this evening here at KGBC. We managed to drive in. We may need a paddle boat to go home with all the rain outside, but we are live here this evening. We here at Friendship Radio, AM 1540 KGBC, are dedicated primarily to helping you develop those techniques, those particular skills that will help you make the choices for your life novel. And that's what we do one hour each week every Thursday evening here on KGBC. Now, part of doing Friendship Radio is the positive strokes that come from helping other people. One of the real excitements of someone who has my kind of impression of himself as someone who allows people to help themselves. I'm a firm believer in helping the person not by doing it for them, not by doing it to them, but by encouraging them to believe, encouraging you to believe, and make healthy, positive choices for yourself, to develop the skills to believe in yourself. Those are words, but they carry very powerful messages to develop the positive skills to believe in yourself. That's the positive strokes that come from Friendship Radio. One of the real quirks of being on KGBC and Power for Positive Living and Friendship is that each Thursday night our signal has a miraculous increase in power and it's able to reach 850 miles between the hours of 8 and 9 o'clock to southern Atlanta. Atlanta, Georgia is a place where I have some roots and most of my family is still located. And one of the things that I have there that is very important to me are two nephews. Well, they get to hear Power for Positive Living occasionally. In fact, they probably listen regularly to this particular program. And one of the nice things is they like whatever I do. I mean, that's part of the joy of being an uncle but I find that they like whatever I do, but they have also been very kind in reacting to how they perceive the program. So 
One of the things, as I say, I enjoy about doing Friendship Radio is the feedback that I get from people in all walks of life and people in all ages. And Power for Positive Living is for everyone, whether it happens to be the individuals here in Galveston County or to the co-presidents of the so-called Dr. Positive Fan Club. The point of this being that Whenever we are able to share the Dr. Positive fan club with you here in Galveston, this is a chance for you to share with me input that is helpful in developing your own life novel. What is one of the things that has come out from this fan club response? They say, and they've told me, that each week I share a number of things that sound very intellectual almost sounds like sometimes I'm on a soapbox. And I think, well, you know, that probably is true. I guess the old teaching blood sometimes kind of gets a little thick and kind of hard to uh, erase because a part of what I've experienced and what I believe, it probably does come across that way. But I hope that through anything else of what I do say, I hope it is evident by our visits here on Thursday that I care a great deal about people and I care a great deal about what I'm sharing with you. I feel very fortunate here on Friendship Radio to have the chance to share some experiences and some impressions that will be helpful for you. If they do sound sometimes like a soapbox, as my nephews do indicate to me, whatever it sounds like, I want you to know that I care a great deal about people and I care a great deal about your individual life novel, and that's why I'm here. It seemed to me after hearing some of this feedback and dialoguing with other people that rather than more extensive commentary on intellectual concepts like uh, D-I-J and A equals F and T equals behavior and a few other things like that, it seemed like tonight we could take some of What we have been talking about and applying it to normal, typical, everyday life here in Galveston County. We frame our attitudes by setting up certain expectations and viewing life from perspectives. The power to frame a particular view. If I were to look out this big massive picture window here in KGBC Studios... I would look out and see a parking lot uh, resembling King Arthur's Moat at the moment. I could look out and see that as being a detriment, a moat that had to be crossed, an irritant. It's going to maybe do damage to my shoes this evening, etc., etc. Or I can say, you know, it really is a very soothing sound listening to the rain fall on the roof, the rain fall on the walls, on the windows, etc., I have the power to frame how I will see the behavior, the actual action of rain falling. That's what you and I have. We have the power to frame what is happening in our lives each and every day. I guess another example that came up this week was the whole process of ventilation. I listened at the same donut shop to an individual do some ventilation about a set of circumstances that he was facing. One of the things that I have found oftentimes 
is that when someone ventilates, if I'm not careful, I may assume that there is a need to solve the problem or concern. We all build tension in our lives, a lot of emotional tension. And one of the healthy ways in which we release this tension is to verbalize it, to sound off, to just share with people our own frustration, our own anger, our own being upset, our irritations. But oftentimes, people who hear us ventilate don't recognize it for what it is, a healthy release, kind of like the old pressure cookers, just kind of letting the steam off. Well, as a psychologist and one who listens to a number of people all the time, sometimes I can almost jump in and not hear the ventilation process, but necessarily feel the need to diagnose. And that's what happened at this particular donut shop. The person was sharing their frustration, and in this desire to be helpful, being helpful is fine, but sometimes, you know, we can do more damage by being helpful than if we recognize the situation for what it is. The person isn't even looking for help. They just want us to listen and care enough to listen while they share their frustrations with us. Well, I jumped in and started to diagnose and clarify and make alternative choices, just like the person had asked me to solve the problem. And it wasn't until I had already jumped in, and it's kind of like jumping into a pit of quicksand and realizing, hmm, this was not a wise choice. Well, I listened to this person, and I realized I had jumped in, and this is not what the person was seeking And so I definitely made an exit out as quickly as I could. I guess I stress this because so often when you and I hear people who have the need to ventilate, we need to recognize that's what it is. I went to another institution, another place here in Galveston. I guess it was earlier this week. The clerk behind the counter was describing her working conditions and the way management was not appreciating her and the efforts of her colleagues, discounting their efforts to build relationships between the store and the customer. Well, once again, this time I was a little bit wiser. I realized that the person was not asking me to solve the problem. She needed to ventilate And she needed someone to understand that. And that's really recognizing in other people we have a need to ventilate. We have a need to let loose that particular steam. I encourage in the process of ventilation, recognizing and not jumping into the process of diagnosis and problem solving. One of the characteristics that I like to do when I am facing a decision or am going to be making a decision about something, I try to gather as much data as possible. And I seek people to give me some input, what they think, what they value, how they see it. Because I know other people can look at the same situation, at the same set of circumstances, and come to a completely different conclusion than yours truly. That's my way of doing things. But I had an example of running into my sister who said, I don't know why you're asking for advice because you never do what I tell you. 
you go ahead and do what you want to do anyway. That took me back. And I was kind of startled because I didn't see myself as asking for advice. I was asking for input. I was asking for reaction. I was asking for suggestions. I was asking for ways in which the other person saw it, and in this case, my sister. How did she see the circumstances? I fully expected to make the decision. I took full responsibility for the decision. But she was having difficulty by my asking for her input. She took that and translated it into the word advice. So now, whenever I interact with people, I am very, very clear in clarifying what I am seeking. And that has a lot to do with what you and I decide to feel each and every day of our lives. How we decide to see our world, that makes a difference. For example, in this whole area of expectations, I guess one of the little pet peeves I can share with you is I've realized in the last couple of years that my expectations have continued to evolve and change. For example callbacks. People who promise to call back but don't. When I first started noticing this, I realized that I was getting irritated. I was getting angry. I was getting frustrated that people would say they would call back and they had no intention of calling back or they forgot or other things came in the place of and took a higher priority, or for whatever reason. But the fact is they did not call back. And I was thinking, my goodness, what is wrong with me or what is wrong with those people that they will not call back and meet their commitments? What has happened, and my way of defending myself, is the reality that I have lowered or changed my expectations. I have changed my expectations over the years. And now it's gotten to the point I almost don't expect the person to call back when they say it. In fact, i am almost gotten to the point where I'm surprised that an individual calls back when they say they're going to. And I do feel sad about that. It's my way of coping with the behavior that I find more and more a characteristic or more normative, more average in our particular society. It's a way of responding. And if I respond that way, then I can be pleasantly surprised when someone does honor their commitment and does call. And that's always a pleasant surprise. And it does help me feel more positive. And that I don't feel as angry I don't feel as disappointed. I don't feel frustrated because people are not doing what they said they would do. Now, why does this even bother me in the first place? Because in writing my life novel is that when one makes a commitment, one follows through with that. Don't make a commitment unless you are able and willing to follow through. Now, that's a message that plays in my head. So whenever I tell someone that I will do something or I will be at a certain place or I will call back, well, that becomes kind of set in stone. And sometimes it causes grief if I'm not able to, like guilt and a few of those other things. But that's my tape. 
And I'm not really willing to modify it because it's something that I like about me. I like the ability to make commitments. But I'm also proud of myself that I now don't spend a lot of time cussing out the rest of the world, you know, saying they should do this and they should do that. And no, I'm not saying that because I have set my level of expectations in a way that can be healthy and positive. You and I still retain the power to choose. No matter what situation we're in, we still have choices. Oftentimes, I will make that statement, and people will say, well, that's fine in theory, but I really can't choose anymore because I've got a mortgage, I've got a family, I've got a business, I've got this and I've got that. Or I've lived here for 40 years, and I just can't start over. You can start over. You could move. You could sell the business. You could do this, and you could do that. The reality is you have chosen not to do it. Let me state that again. You have chosen not to do it. That is important. People who choose to be a victim do that just as I said it. They have chosen to be a victim. We all make choices. It's a denial of that choice power that creates the victim role in people. Once again, these choices may not be healthy. In other words, people could say, well, I don't want to leave because I've got house payments. Well, you could leave. You could give up house payments. You could do like they did in Houston, walk away from it. But because of your other choices, you prefer not to. It is far healthier when you and I choose to do something in our lives than when we feel as though everything or something is chosen for us. I make the choice to be here. I could make the choice to be at any other location. I could make the choice to stay here. I could make the choice to leave. I could make the choice to talk about this same subject, or all of a sudden I could start talking about the elephant population in Burma. Well, that probably wouldn't make much sense, but I could do it. Therefore, I make the choice not to talk about the elephant population in Burma, and I do make the choice to talk about personal growth and power for positive living. People who feel trapped have the same choice, I believe. They can focus on those trapped feelings, those frustrated feelings, those angry feelings, or they can focus on the fact they have chosen to make certain sacrifices They have chosen to stay on the same job and retain those health benefits for the benefit of their children. They have stayed on the same job so that they can have more money to go on vacation or to buy them a house and get out of the rented apartment or to do this or to do that. The choice is always within each of us. No matter how many different ways we say it and how many times we say it, I firmly believe that the power that we talk about every Thursday night is this ability to make choices, hopefully healthy choices, hopefully positive choices, but the process is still that as its core, the choices, the choice to be successful, the choice to be a failure. We make our choices, 
And if we perceive ourselves as a failure, we have a choice on how we choose to respond to that. If we see ourselves as a success, we have the power to choose how we wish to view that. If I am, for example, in college and doing very well with my grades, then I have a choice on how I wish to respond. I can coast or I can continue to study. I could do any number of things. If I were, say, for example, making a D or F in college, I have, once again, a choice. I can study. I can develop ways to improve my study techniques. I can look for alternatives. I can give up. I can get angry. And, of course, I can always blame culture, society, or somebody. We have choices in how we choose to respond. I think another example that I had the real pleasure to witness this last week. Tuesday, I went for lunch at the Happy Buddha, and there was a whole group of us uh, having lunch together. We were there to honor an individual's birthday. And we were sitting around, and we learned that a number of the people, three women in particular, had had money stolen from them earlier that morning. They had left their office. Someone had come into the building, rifled the wallets, and had absconded from the building. My first reaction in hearing that is anger. Why in the world do we have to live in a society where you have to watch everything every single minute? I guess I find myself yearning for the good old days when you could leave something out for a moment and not worry about it being snatched. I found myself angry. I found myself with the so-called typical shoulds. The society should be this way and they, people shouldn't do that. I found myself reciting those things and other people just joining in in words, you know, the power of peer pressure, we were all sounding off, ventilating about our anger. And that probably was a healthy response. But then we said grace. For the meal. And the individual who said grace said in his prayer to God, he asked for forgiveness for those who had wronged the three women. And I thought, wow, I heard that and it really went to my soul. Here was someone who had taken our anger, our frustration, and had brought it within the context of his faith and had asked for forgiveness, something that so many of us believe in, and yet sometimes when it's practiced in our everyday lives, we find it very, very hard to do. To ask forgiveness for those people who had wronged the women by stealing their purse. I found that very, very powerful. Here was the individual who had taken a situation and reframed it in his particular value system about spirituality and goodness and forgiveness, those things that the rest of us at the table all believed in. I still believe in it tonight, but I hadn't practiced it. Here was a chance for an individual to share and for us to reframe our perspective, being able to forgive those who wrong us. Oh, we have a call. This is James Huey. You're on the air. Yes, Dr. Huey, you're making choices and having the ability to make the choice. When you make choices that affect the other people around you, you know, when you feel like you said feeling trapped, you know, and you have to consider 
the other people around you and the choices you make might harm them. Well, that is true. I guess the question then comes back to what are your values? Do you value being able to, for example, help the other person more than you believe in taking care of yourself? If you help yourself first, and it injures them, then comes the guilt of feeling selfish. But their actions are affecting your life at that time. They are affecting it. I guess my question to you is, which ones do you set as a higher priority? The taking the responsibility for someone else and feeling the anger, or not taking responsibility and feeling guilty? That's where you get to back to the choice. Yeah, and it's an individual choice. Would you not agree? Right. I might look at that situation, and maybe I would see it just a little bit differently than you would see it. And if you were to see it, what would be more important to you? Would you rather feel anger, or would you rather feel the guilt? <laughs> Neither one. Neither one. <laughs> Sounds human to me. When you help somebody uh, loan them something, you know, like if you loan them money and then it puts you in a financial bind, because you know they're in a financial bind. And you think, thinking, well, am I going to take my resources and, you know, give it to somebody else who you know, may not invest it as well. They may lose it and abuse it. They could do any number of things, but I'm giving them money. Am I doing it because I really believe it's for their benefit, or am I giving it to try to remove that sense of guilt? I like to remove the sense of guilt. We've asked two questions, and trying to remove that sense of guilt has been the answer to both of them. And I guess the question is, how important is it to remove the sense of guilt? Pretty important, I guess. Well, you know, when we talk about listening hospitality here, that's really one of the things that we're trying to focus on. Why are you doing what you're doing? There is the reason you may be giving yourself. In psychology, we say there is the reason we give, and then there's the real reason. And oftentimes, we give reasons that sound good because I like to like myself. My guess is that you probably like to like yourself, too. Yes. And you want to be a good, decent human being doing the right thing. Right. I do. And I like to be seen as helpful and kind and considerate and sensitive. And I hate words like being selfish and self-centered. Would this describe how you might feel? Yes. Okay. Then if I have my image of myself this way, then I may be fighting to keep that image by engaging in some unhealthy behaviors like trying to buy that image of myself, which says if I give money, then in a sense I may be buying a positive image of myself. That's a possibility. And, you know, one of the last things that I believe that Friendship Radio is here to do is to analyze or to evaluate or judge or anything it's hopefully to maybe encourage you to look at it in a little bit different way. And one of the things I would encourage is what is the real reason that you're engaging in behavior that you say you don't like, you engage in behavior that makes you angry. I hear in the tone of your voice that you're frustrated with yourself for doing it. Right. And you don't believe it helps them at all. And it certainly doesn't sound like it's helping you. What is the real reason 
that you are engaging in that particular behavior? And that's only a question that you can ask yourself. Does that help at all? Yes, it does. Well, one of the things that I hope that you'll be kind enough to do is to let me know as you take some of those thoughts and process them, if we can be of any further help here on Thursdays, just give me a call and let's work through it some more. But maybe this will be enough tonight to at least get the process started. Because it is a, it's a long process, and it's not easy. And I guess I want to encourage you, because you have been one who has been kind enough to yourself to say, hey, there's something not right here to me as well as to these other people, and I need to find out something more about what's happening, what's really happening, so I can consider, you know, making some changes. Thank you, Dr. Hewitt. Thank you very much. Well, thank you for your kindness in calling, and thank you for listening to Power for Positive Living here on KGBC. I sincerely hope that these times that we are together here on Thursday evening provide a valuable resource as you write your life novel. And I sincerely hope that you will join me again here on Friendship Radio for Southeast Texas, KGBC AM 1540 as you and I continue each Thursday night to explore topics to enrich the quality of your life. Power for positive living and friendship. This is your friend and host, James Huey. Until next Thursday, good night.